You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Good Friday. Really? It seems like the most contradictory of terms when you understand that Jesus died a gruesome death, even though he was innocent. Innocent? That hardly describes Jesus' character. He had never sinned when he was crucified. Never! If the wages of sin is death, then Jesus need not have died. Indeed, he did not die because he had done something wrong. He did not die simply as an example for us, although he had previously told his disciples to take up their crosses and follow him, words that would take on greater meaning in a few days. But at the time, on Good Friday, Jesus' followers could make no sense whatsoever that the one they had been certain was the Messiah was dying on a Roman cross. It is often the way of God, is it not? If we understood everything God does, then we would be God. The plan of God unfolds in all its beauty and majesty over time. And often there is a great deal of pain at the beginning of the unfolding of God's plan. The pain is not the result of a God who loves to inflict suffering, but it is the result of sin that entered the world when Adam and Eve sinned. Redemption, therefore, when it comes against the, the, the background of darkness, is glorious. Our focus this evening is on Luke 23, verses 32 through 49, although the Wallaces began reading in verse 26 to, to capture more of the crucifixion story. Please have your Bibles open to Luke 23 so that you can refer to the text during this brief message. Let's pray. (laughs) Father, our hearts are heavy on this Good Friday. We have considered the cost of our sin as we have walked with Jesus this week, steadily moving toward the cross. We are appalled with the jeering crowds. We are appalled with the pitiful sight. We are stricken with the cognitive dissonance caused by punishment inflicted on the spotless Lamb of God. Most of all, we are appalled to learn that it was our sin that put Jesus on the cross. Since we cannot look away, may the beauty of your love override the horror of our sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus was crucified between two thieves. Nothing ever happens that is directed by God and everything is directed by God. Nothing about God's plan is ever happenstance. Jesus' position between the two criminals was intentional. Have you ever noticed on the cross how that even though Jesus was crucified and he cried out in agony, at times. Nonetheless, 
he acted as if one who had been put in charge. And indeed, Jesus was in charge as he followed his father's plan. Immediately after telling us that Jesus was crucified between two thieves, Luke lets us know that Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Jesus, by the way, was asking for mercy, not for grace. It was mercy as in, Lord, please don't punish them as you could and as their actions require. Be merciful, hold back, let be. He was not at this point praying for grace for them to be saved. Save them, Lord. He was saying, forgive them. Hold this not against them at the moment. Do not come down in your wrath. And the Greek grammar indicates that Jesus was saying this repeatedly. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. To whom was Jesus asking the Father to extend mercy? To the thieves? The Roman soldiers who had nailed him to the cross? The Jewish leaders who had facilitated his execution and were mocking him? The women who had followed him from Galilee? Some women of ill repute that Jesus had forgiven already, and some women of means who had financed Jesus' ministry. By the way, do you ever think these women who we're told in John 8 finance not only Jesus' movements, but also the movements of the disciples? So they, they put out a lot of money. Do you, do you think maybe as they looked at the cross that they perceived that their investment had not been as wise as it could have been? I don't think so. I think they were heartbroken along with all those who followed Jesus, that he was dying on the cross. Was it for the women that Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them? Maybe it was to the Roman centurion who seemed to believe just at the moment Jesus died. Or maybe he was referring to the people who walked away from the event, beating their breast as a sign of repentance. Father, forgive them. To whom was Jesus referring? I think he was referring to all of them and to you and me. Rather than narrowing the focus when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, he broadened it. One of the criminals, one of the criminals who was crucified alongside Jesus, mocked him along with the soldiers, and the religious leaders. Are you not the Christ? Save yourself. And while you're at it, would you mind saving us? Would you, would you throw us into the bargain? But the other thief, in his response, may have been the first person to truly understand the gospel. Look at his response, beginning with verse 40. But the other rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today 
you will be with me in paradise. Do you not fear God? This is the blessed fear that we talked about on Palm Sunday. Why is it that so many people who have come to the end of their life still do not fear God? You would think that the coronavirus would have millions of people turning to the Lord in fear of the Lord and calling out for salvation. Perhaps there is a quiet revival occurring, but I'm not aware of a large moment. We must acknowledge, though, that we may be in the early stages of cycle of this kind of plague. So it remains to be seen how people will ultimately respond. If you, though, have recognized that you are not ready to meet the Lord face to face, then follow the example of the repentant thief. He acknowledged his sin and the justness of his sentence. He recognized that Jesus was without sin and had done nothing worthy of the condemnation that was being poured out on him from all angles. Finally, he expressed faith in Jesus' ability to save him. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Can you possibly imagine the level of faith that this man had. How could Jesus reign in a kingdom since he was dying on a cross? He hung on a cross for goodness sake. The thief was given the faith to believe exactly what Jesus had said to Pilate that his kingdom is not of this world. The only way for any of us to enter the kingdom of God is to acknowledge our sin and to put all our hope on the spotless Lamb of God. Then when we die, we will be with Jesus in heaven, in paradise. On Good Friday, as the sunlights failed and, and Jesus was ravaged with thirst, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus who was bearing our sin. Jesus' death, Jesus' death is our only hope of life, eternal life. When Jesus breathed his last, he cried out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Once again, what level of trust the human side of Jesus had just a few hours earlier called out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There was no reason for the Father to reject Jesus who had never sinned. Except that there was a reason. Jesus died for you. He died for me. He died for all who will say to God, I am a sinner God, deserving to be separated from you for all eternity. But I believe that Jesus died for my sins so that I might live forever. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Come into my heart and save me. That's a great prayer. Are you more afraid of coronavirus or of God? I know where our fear 
should be. When you fear God, oddly enough, you will no longer be afraid. Instead, you will find forgiveness and freedom and security. What happens when life doesn't make sense? We have an example. Jesus on the cross. Father, into your hands. I put my life into your hands. I trust you. Amen. Good Friday? Really? Yes, really. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge as we bow before the creator of the universe that you graciously sent the redeemer of the universe to die for us. According to the Father's plan, the Son died and the Holy Spirit brings this truth to our hearts through your word. And we believe. We pray that you would make us more like Jesus. Not in our own strength, but because we believe and Jesus now lives in us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, may we walk according to your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all for this Good Friday. I will see you under brighter circumstances on Sunday morning, Easter, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. For now, let us remember the weight of our sin, and the blessed one who died for us. Good night. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.